I can make the bad boys good for a weekend. A healthy smearing of red cards across the NPL this weekend. Can't wait to get onto those. It was an FA Cup and good week for Chelsea in the women's and Liverpool in the men's. Sammy Kerr doing it again. We'll talk about all of that and more on this week's Perth Football Podcast. And welcome, one and all, to episode nine, Neuf. Uh, that's French again. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis. Uh, Q in Japanese. Okay, good. All right, we've got to stop doing this because my uh, languages other than English are very poor. But welcome, everyone, to the episode nine, the episode nine, the ninth episode of the Perth Football Podcast. We are joined by very special guests in the studio uh, this afternoon, uh, first of all, Producer Kalichi, you're on the mic as well today. Well, thanks for coming in. No problem. And the uh, guest that we mentioned, we're going to have to be very careful not to fanboy over this side of the table. Hands down, one of my favourite MPL players that I've in, in history, uh, uh, Tia Stonehills, who currently injured. But uh, Can we give her the, to... the introduction she actually deserves? Gold medal winner, league cup winner. Treble winner as well. I'm pretty sure. I was gonna, I was gonna get onto all that, but you're right. We should have done it from the start. Uh, ladies some and gentlemen, on her name. gold medalist, treble winner. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, you must have won a golden boot somewhere in there. Feel free to, feel free to just well. jump in. Just, just, <laughs> we just, don't have enough accolades yeah, for you. Talk, talk over the top of us here, but it is a pleasure to have you in the studio. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. What an entrance. Yeah. Well, I might uh, start um, coming here more often. Yeah. Well, if you ever need an ego boost, this is the place to come because we're yeah. Everyone I know, Tommy and Josh say the same thing. Just all huge fans of of you and the way you play the game. Obviously. We're all very disappointed to not be able to watch that this season. Uh, for those playing along at home that don't know, do you want to just give us a little rundown about the injury you had and, and yeah, where you're at with the progress? Yeah, um, yeah, unfortunately sustained an injury in the second game of the night series this year. Um, ended up fracturing my spine in two places um, and popping a disc out uh, in the meantime. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so uh, been a pretty hard journey so far, but... Um, yeah, starting to look up now and in the, in the good part of it, starting the rehab and um, just hoping to be back on my feet soon. Yeah, great. And does that uh, timeline sort of have any shape to it at the moment in terms of when, obviously it's not something that you can rush or force in any way, but what is the expectation? Uh, will it be next season uh, that, that we expect you back? Um, yeah, look, it's honestly, is once I start, you know, kind of running and, and testing those waters. It's just seeing how my body adapts really and um, just taking it from there. So at the moment, no time frame, but obviously want to get back as soon as I can and, you know, got big things to get onto. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, a tough league at the moment, uh, the women's NPL with uh, the Perth Red Star running away with it. Uh, seemingly at the moment, um, could certainly use with you, uh, could certainly do with you being in there, scoring a few goals against them and, and making it a little bit tighter. But we will get to that in uh, part two. Before you continue, mate, do you, um, I know we don't have a question to start the day, but I want to ask you one. Do you remember your first like memory seeing Tia play? They do. They all kind of blend into one really. Wow. With well, because because she has scored. You've scored a lot of good goals. What my I can say my favourite memory was that was the, was the well was the cup final where you uh, you had the cross that 
was wasn't a yeah, cro- the, yeah a the, so, the so-called the so-called cross the so-called that was cross come shot yeah and then but the whole that whole game you were fantastic uh but but yeah no particular memory i'm sure kalichi's throwing that at me because he's got one of his own yeah he, he's waiting he but, was waiting for you to ask but i but i just my first memories of watching you play were just that tenacity and the the fight that you don't see so much of in in the women's game there's a lot more um Oh, I don't want to say sportsmanship because that makes it sound like <laughs> that makes it sounds like uh, that, that you're not uh, a fair sport. But but that real desire to win and, yeah. and compete is obviously something that you see from the minute that you watch you play. Um, Kalichi, did you have a special moment? I, I just remember I think it was Queens Park that you were playing for at the time. And um, you were coming off the bench and your mum was like, put tear on, put tear on. <laughs> and I was going, all right, well, who was this person? And like, what is going on here? And you came on and it was like this force of nature just like charging <laughs> up and down the line. And you came in for this huge tackle. I remember speaking to your mum. I was like, she doesn't usually play, does she? She's like, yeah, she just come from AFL and this is her first full season playing. And I was like, yeah, I think she'll go far. I think, <laughs> I think, I think she'll be fine. Yeah, well, yeah, well, she certainly has. Uh, we did have one question for you. We asked uh, before we get on to the, the rest of our part one where we're going to go into the Australia Cup fixtures which are coming up and maybe some more cup sets on the way we all hope but uh the question we asked Monique Diopra when she came in the question we'll ask you do you have any players that you've played against in the MPL that you would uh, mark down as your particularly toughest opponents anyone that you you don't really like seeing on the team sheet usually <laughs> would usually be a left back for you wouldn't it that you'd be up against yeah or a center back yeah anyone yeah. in the back really um obviously Kim Carroll she is a <laughs> she's a strong strong girl and yeah. she's very ex- experienced and skilled so um yeah you know it's always going to be a, a tough day in the office coming up against her um uh Siobhan Longmuir from uh Fremantle yep and Laura Waltman from Fremantle as well they're they are solid solid players as well um so yeah you know it's always going to be a, a tough battle coming up against those girls and yeah, you know you're going to be sore the next day. <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely. All right, well, that's uh, the formalities done and the the introductions. We now have a fourth uh, member to introduce over the phone uh, to the pod. Uh, that is, I believe, Shane O'Donovan. Are you there, Shane? Yes, hello. Uh, how are you, mate? You doing all right? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Thank you so much for joining us on the Perth Football Podcast. We've also got Tia Stonehill here. Howdy. Okay. <laughs> And uh, and and uh, producer Kalichi as well. How you going, Shane? Of course. Right, how are things? All right, now Shane. Obviously, Emerald FC, one of the uh, stories of the season so far. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. Obviously, there's a lot of football clubs around Perth, and we try and uh, keep all our facts straight, but uh, we do tend to stuff them up occasionally. But I believe you're the the head coach and one of the founding members, along with Damien, who we had in the the. Uh, booth with us uh, a few weeks ago and Tommy Murphy is that correct? Uh, well yeah I'm the head coach but I've been there from the start but I wouldn't be the founding members now it's been Tommy Murphy and Damo Stack and a few others Tommy Darcy and a few, mo- few more that would have actually started the club I just came joined after that then. Okay great so you've been head coach from the start? No I've been head coach now this is my third year. Okay Great. So uh, obviously being around the club, uh, a new club like that, when it starts, as we, we asked Damien about this, it must make, for, for those that don't know, uh, obviously you guys had the big uh, win against You, you had the big cup against, uh, against Belcada, which was a cracking game to see in terms of the way that the boys battled, the way that the tenacity went. And just, just 
understanding the story of, of where you guys have started off from, from being in Div 5 in the amateurs to coming all the way up here, mate. Can you, can you give us a few words on that? Um, yeah, I suppose it's been, uh, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, really, from when, I don't know, when we started, 2013, was it? And then walking our way up through the leagues, we were, um, yeah, we started in Division 5, won Division 5, came second Division 4, won Division 3, won Division 2, and then came second Division 1 and came up to the Prem. And yeah, as I say, the shirts, I said before, like we just, we go into every season thinking we can win it really and um it's kind of worked most years and yeah nothing really interesting about it just, just <laughs> well this i mean it's it's obviously a club that's used to winning what is it did you did you get a good squad of players from the start what's the what's the secret to the success uh, well i suppose yeah a lot of people that come to join us like there is as obviously a few people know like there's a good social aspect to it like we do like a few pints and dirty nellies after <laughs> games and whatnot and um People just 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 go crack and there's a good camaraderie around the um, around the club and just yeah everybody seems to go on. There's no real clicks. Everybody chats to everybody, new or old, and um, yeah, it's people just don't tend to really leave when they join. Like so, um, I suppose that's a big thing. Like we've just still a few players that have been there since the start, like Andrew Wood and Fargo Curry, Damon Stack still plays, mm. Dean Creevy, a few more. Johnny Meaton, our captain, he's been there since more or less the start as well. And then we've just we seem to get new players every year. I don't know. It's we don't really like promote the club. That probably probably should promote the club a bit more. We just put it on Facebook now and again. Mate, you absolutely should. The, the lads that you got from the guard this year, they they look yeah. like they're absolutely transformational for the team. Yeah, yeah. Well, we. Sorry, I I remember watching the. Yeah, final last year, and I seen a couple of the players play, and I seen one for the very quick shape power, and I just um, I messaged one of the lads, and I said, "Is he uh, does he play any ball at all?" And he was actually playing socials for South Perth, <laughs> and then um, himself another fellow, Paul Power, came for the Gaelic, get- and um, oh, we have a few like obviously with being Irish and all that. There's a few lads that play Gaelic, like Shane Flynn and Ronan Flaherty, and a few more. Um, which are all like, yeah, they play Gaelic, but they're all very good footballers as well, or soccer players as well. So, um, yep. yeah, it was great to get them on board. Yeah, now you've you've got a, a busy week coming up. Obviously, the, the results uh, haven't been the best, I don't think, since Balcata. I think a few losses... Uh, on the bounce, but one of the one of the things that obviously comes with a cup run is a lot of games, and it's something I think we're seeing all the way up to the top of um, football in Perth at the moment with these MPL sides that you know, have had a lot of COVID postponements, and now they're going to have to fit them in and be playing three games in a week. Uh, that's hard enough for them as as semi pros. How how are you guys going to go with Quinana on Sunday, Sorrento Wednesday, and then North Perth Sunday? That the Sunday Wednesday Sunday is almost a uh, Almost something that yeah. you see reserved for the the Champions League teams in the Premier League. How how are you guys going to cope? As as you mentioned, yeah, you don't I'd mind the pine it's afterwards. Been, it's, <laughs> been, it's been a struggle, all right? Yeah, like a lot of boys are getting ties and a few injuries along the way as well. And we also have to play Jaguars not next week, but the following week. So that's another three game week as well. Wow. But um, yeah, it's it's it is it's difficult. Yeah. But um, actually, we we do have a big enough squad this year. We seem to get a. We've, gathered a lot of players we started a social club as well which brought more players as well um uh so yeah 
we were just lucky we have a big enough squad that we can pick from so we just have to like whatever we have to just get get on with it really like we can't really do much about it so Let's let's talk about the game that's happening on Wednesday night. So hopefully, listeners, we've we've done the production right, and you're hearing this before the game. Mm. Um, but a bit of a disadvantage because you're not playing at at Fraser Park. You're playing at Ashfield, but you guys are taking the leaders in the MPL. How exciting is that as a challenge for for you as a coach, but also as the players as well? Yeah, it's it's very exciting. Obviously, um, yeah, sure. We didn't really think we've never. I don't think we've ever entered this competition before, and we never thought we got this far, to be honest. And um, obviously, to play. They're, I think they're leading the MPL now, so mm. they'll be obviously very good, and um, it'll be a test. But sure, as I said before, we back our players, um, like to the hilt. Like it's at the end of the day, it's eleven on eleven, and um, sure, if we win our battles and just play, you've seen us play. Like we're kind of a dogged team. Like we get in people's faces, and hopefully that upsets them a bit, and we might take advantage and nick a goal as well. So. You, um, have you gotten a chance to, to watch Sorrento play and kind of identify where you might get some success from the match? Oh, I haven't really watched them much, to be honest. <laughs> um, like, uh, oh, we just we prepare ourselves for our game, and we don't really like. As, as I said before, we don't really like. Don't look in too far ahead. I was obviously Kunana was last week. That was the game we were looking towards, and obviously don't have much time to prep for this game. Obviously, we will have a little light session tomorrow in Ashfield. Um, but um, yeah, we'll just have it just more or less just a few drills. There won't be nothing crazy tomorrow. Obviously, as you said, we have a game, we had a game on Sunday, so we don't want boys to be burnt out going to Wednesday and then obviously Sunday, which is, as I said before, it's the most important thing is Sunday, the league, to get back on track after a few bad results. But yeah, we don't, we don't, like, we, we've done everything we do is the exact same as we do every week. We just work on our own, our own game. All right. Well, yeah. As as we mentioned earlier, being there from the start of the club, obviously, uh, or the club's founding, obviously makes a, a cup run like this a little bit more special. Good luck with it. It's already been a, a fantastic um, achievement beating an MPL side. If you go back to back and beat two, uh, you're going to become one of uh, Perth football's favourite uh, second teams. I reckon there's a, there's a few people out there cheering you on. So all the best for Wednesday, and um, we we hope to get. Um, Someone else, maybe we'll get Tommy Murphy back on before your third MPL opponent uh, <laughs> <laughs> once, once you've knocked off Sorrento. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> All right. Um, good. Yeah, thank you very much. Good luck, Shane. Anyone, any shout-outs you wanted to give or anything else before we uh, let you go? No, 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 just good luck to the boys for tomorrow. All right, excellent, That's mate. Shane, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, we'll hopefully speak to you soon. All right, thank you very much. Cheers, Shane. Bye. So that was Shane O'Donovan, the coach of... The Emerald FC, this uh, football club that hoping to go back-to-back in the Australia Cup. Uh, we also have a second guest queued up that we'd love to talk a bit of uh, Australia Cup action. He's a man well-known around Perth football. Before we, we get to him, Tia, look, have you been in a situation where you have been considerable underdogs playing up against the team maybe in a division above, or you got you going into it thinking, oh, it's going to be a massive game. Like, what's the mindset as a player, well, from your level, that you go into those types of games for? Yeah, yeah, there's definitely been times where you kind of go in as the underdog, I guess. But I feel like sometimes they're the best games. I feel like when you're the underdog, you don't, the pressure's not on you. The pressure's on that other team to perform. And, you know, so I feel like if you kind of go out there with this, you know, 
nothing to lose attitude. They're, that's why some of those games can be some of the best games when you're like, how, are, you know, these two teams who really like on a scale shouldn't be par and par but they are because you know like like you said before it's 11 v 11 and yeah whoever brings it on the day and yeah yeah that's it every uh football football's football isn't it we've all seen those big upsets and, yeah. and like we said hopefully can happen emerald uh, fc have one there there may also be another one from one of our favorite clubs caliche of course kingsley west side and we're now joined on the line, I believe, but I don't even know how to introduce this man. So I'm just going to say, hello, Chris Brady. Hello, how are we doing? Yeah, we're doing all right. Uh, thank you for joining us. We have got Kalichi Osanwa in the studio. Bonjour. Hello, sir. And we've also lucky enough to be joined by Tia Stonehill as well. Hey, how you going? Yeah, good. You, you mentioned that they're one of our favourite clubs. I don't know if they're our favourite club, but I know that Brady's one of my favourite people, though. Well, that's Aww. that was sort of, that was more what I was angling at. Yeah, for those of you that don't know Chris Brady, you're probably not listening to a Perth football podcast if you don't know who. Or Chris you don't Brady have is. a Facebook. Yeah, so Chris Brady is basically if Tommy Dolman's Mister Football, Chris Brady is Mister Social Media Football in Perth. Uh, he loves, what a loves, sad, sad lo- title. <laughs> no, do, no do, do you know what, Chris? The, the He's wo- taking some shots at you, Sean. It would be so much sadder. Uh, I'll get, we'll get on to my fashion in a minute. But um, <laughs> look, look, Chris is, I think, most... Look, oh, sorry, well, can, I, can I just I'll clarify one thing? I do not run that ridiculous WA football But you know all about it, though. I do, not, I do not run it. I'll say it now. I get accused of it every... Everyone every sells week. me you do. It is not me. My memes are mu- my memes are much, much better. Why, than your that memes crap. are much better than that. And this is what I was going to say, Chris. Is that what? <laughs> if, if I'm going to list off your achievements, if I miss any, um, uh, let me know. So you are very well known for the 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 jumping photo. It's um, one of the one of the great photos in Perth. Uh, I think it's a cracker of your classic. Um, it, it is. It's a, it is a stunner. Highlight of my um, uh, playing career. That one. Yeah. A, and also, you're very well known for being that guy in the background of um, that girl's Tinder uh, photo as well. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, this is go- this is this is going far too deep and personal. <laughs> well, we got into Nova's uh, actual Tinder life. We won't get into yours, Chris, unless you really want to. Uh, no, we good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think your wife would appreciate you. No, no, we, we'll, we'll keep that off the air. Um, you can talk to that after. Uh, talk to us about that afterwards if you'd like. But let's talk about Kingsley Westside. Uh, currently under again. Tell me if any of my figures are wrong. They're Kalichi's anyway, so it's his fault. Uh, undefeated in the league, uh, three points off top, new club grounds being built, and you are heading off to Frank Drago to visit one of the most successful clubs in the last 10 years. Uh, that must be exciting for the club, eh? Yeah, we are. It's the magic of the cup, right? Um, that's why you're playing the Australia Cup, the FFA Cup. So, you know, if you want to win the thing, you've got to go and knock off these NPL teams. So I think... Yeah, the whole club's excited. It, it's a big year. Like, like you mentioned, we are getting the, the $4 million club room um, built for us um, currently by, um, by by the City of June Lab. Um, we're down there yesterday having a look, and it's coming out the ground nicely. Um, the State League teams are going well. The the, the first team's undefeated, like you said. The Rizzies are sitting top of the table, and the 18s are there, thereabouts as well. And all the way through the club at the minute, our amateurs are going well, and metros are going well. So... So far, so good. But yeah, they don't come much bigger than going to uh, Frank Drago on a uh, on a cold Wednesday night to play Bayswater, and we just happen to be playing them when they're coming off a loss as well, which is uh, <laughs> just to make it a little bit more spicy. But to your advantage, so, uh, that would be great. To your advantage, mate. They've just finished playing three games in a week, and will start playing three games in a week this week as well. So maybe maybe they're there for the taking. 
Oh, mate, look, it, it works both ways because our boys have just come back from Bunbury. They played Southwest Phoenix on the weekend, so I'm sure there'll be a few tired legs. So, look, Stephen and Monty had the boys down for a session uh, tonight just to get them freshened up. And, yeah, I think the whole club's excited about going, um, you know, going to Frank Drago. Obviously, look, we'll be the underdogs, but the boys will be there to uh, to prove a point and hopefully um, do the club well and, and do Division 2 well because there's, there's a lot of good clubs in Division 2. So, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can put up a good fight and uh, never know your luck, never know your luck on the night, right? That's it. And uh, any obviously we've um, we've had a bit of a chat with uh, the the Emerald Boys. They're having a bit of a cup run as well. Uh, had a chat to well their coach this week, but also uh, Damien a couple of weeks ago. Don't know much about, uh, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners won't know a lot about Kingsley Westside and the the players you've got there. So if anyone does want to head down or, or watch it some other way, who, who should we look out for? Who's who's the the key players to you? Jaden Drummond get, is still there, surely. Getting a little uh, cup set in. No, he's not. So so it's it's actually quite an interesting one this year. We we lost probably two or three of our better players um, at the end of 2021. Um, Jaden Jaden isn't playing this year for for personal reasons. Uh, Lewis Flat also isn't playing. Simone Seychelle uh, left. Um, so big holes to, um, to 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 fill at the uh, at the end of coming into 2022. But I think what Stevens managed to do is actually um, create a team that just gets an even contribution off off everyone. There's no there's no standout. I mean, in the past when we were you know when, when the amateur Premier League and when we were doing the first couple of years in the state league, if you're losing a game, everyone would just look at Jaden or Louis to make, to make something happen, and more often than not, it, it, it would. Um, but uh, this year, it's a it's a much more working like team. He's getting even contributions uh, from all of his players, and uh, and yeah, so so far so good. Undefeated season so far. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think there's. Oh look, you can't say no to a Joel Gillespie free kick. So if Joel, you know, if Joel gets the ball. You know, 20, 25 yards out on a set piece. Um, there's only one spot that's going. And but but you know as well this year, like I said, he's it's given opportunities for guys who who were you know Resi's players to come through, grab a spot. Guys like Cameron Bishop for, our, for is scoring goals for our first team. I mean, he's a player who played a lot of amateur um, Premier reserves uh, back in the day, and he came through into the into the state league first team. You know, our defenders are scoring goals. I think. Um, Kieran Salmon might be up for a, for, for a Golden Boot Award uh, within the club, and he plays at centre back. So, um, no, it, uh, I, I can't pinpoint one or two particular players because, like I said, it's a very, very even contribution Stephen's getting uh, right across the field this year, which is which is great. All right. Well, we'll look for that even contribution across the field on Wednesday night. We'll also look out for that Gillespie free kick. Um, Absolutely. Very, well, now that just you've... don't ask him. Just don't ask him about his uh, his miss on on Saturday. Uh, we'll, we'll worry about the free kicks. Oh, okay. Well, while it's just between the, the three of us here, how bad was that miss? It wasn't great. I wasn't there. I, I couldn't. I couldn't go down to Bunbury, so I had um, I had COVID. The, the miss was so bad you heard about it like, all the way from yeah. Perth. <laughs> I could hear. I could hear the roar uh, all the way from Bunbury. <laughs> so you've just had the bug uh, as well, have you, Chris? Uh, no, my son did. So I was, oh, okay. uh, I was wrapped wrapped in cotton wool for the week. So uh, yeah, funny funny games. So I don't I don't I didn't catch it. Um, so I didn't I don't get the twelve weeks off, and I'm sure I'll get it over the, <laughs> the next few weeks or so. What's it um What's it like being in in Division Two? Obviously, you've you've been with the club for quite a while, and you mentioned um, coming through from the amateurs, and I know that you guys romped through the league that season in terms of doing a league and cup double. Um, it's been a funny, it's been a funny couple of years. I mean, obviously, 2020 was when we came in, and it was a COVID season um, where there was, you know, 
half a season sort of thing. Last year, um, the guy started really well and then Dianella really, you know, pulled away um, second half of the season and, and romped away. It's quite a funny thing. Dianella beat us um, in the two games that Kingsley Westside played them, but very, very even games. I think we lost by an odd goal in both of them. Um, the game at our place, I think they scored in the eighth or, minute, eighth or ninth minute of injury time to get to get the point. So this year, very, very even league. I mean, you've got Karamar, Karamar Shamrock sitting, sitting on top, but they lost to you know, second bottom South Coast Phoenix last week. So we're all the way through Caramark, Kingsley, Gosnell's Curtain have really improved. June Lump City have picked up a couple of points on the weekend. Shout out to Brad. Then, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's done well, turned things around since he came on your, on your podcast, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it helps, it helps. Yeah, you get the, get the good vibes from it. Um, and, then, and then I think everyone's waiting to see what Molly Wimmills do because obviously, you know, they've, um, they've, they've brought new coaches in. They've signed a couple of players last week, but still not getting the results. So I think that yeah, everyone will be looking for, uh, you know, um, Molly Wimmills to turn the corner over the next few weeks, hopefully not on Saturday when, when, when they host us. Uh, but I think for the squad that they've got, everyone will be looking for them to push up the ladder. And then the interesting one's going to be, because there's a lot of hungry teams in the Amateur Premier League, you know, your Quinanas, your Maddingtons, your Jaguars, who want to come up. So at the bottom end of that league, um, there's going to be, you know, there's, there's probably four or five teams there now starting to seriously look over their shoulder um, as to who's coming up from, from below. Because, you know, it's a long way back down to Sundays if you happen to finish bottom of that league. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we've uh, got a bit more to get on to, so we're going to let you go and get on with your evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Before you go, I do want to ask you, and a lot of people uh, I think are interested in the answer to this question, do you do any work? Uh, because <laughs> I don't think I've seen a single Facebook discussion about Perth football, whether it's NPL down to, I don't know, Div 6 uh, under 12s, that you're not a part of. So where, when do you find time to actually do some work? I, I'm a fantastic delegator. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and an actual, we'll finish off with an actual serious question. Be honest. Yeah. You, you miss those rainy days at Woodville, right? Oh, mate. What, 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 uh, the, the rainy days with the, uh, the, the ball getting booted into the tree and the, the branches falling on the, uh, on, on, on the bench. <laughs> and the sideline uh, yeah. that doesn't see any sun. Yeah, <laughs> beautiful part of the world. Oh, on, that... a, uh, on a, on a, on a cold side. How, how North, I'm not first going to win yesterday, didn't I? Yes, yes, but we don't want to talk about North Perth right now. We're talking about you guys, mate. Uh, the, the joys of football. All right, we're going to go, Chris. Right, thank guys. you again so much for uh, for jumping on, and yeah, we'll uh, hopefully get you back on after uh, well, at least one cup set. Maybe you can uh, go even deeper into this cup. Playing, our amateurs are playing uh, Emerald in the next round of the amateur cup. So, Ooh, uh, spicy! Cup the Perth away, the Perth Football so. Podcast Derby. We'll call that one. <laughs> All, All right. right. Good stuff. Take it easy, mate. You have a good night. That was Chris Brady of Kingsley Westside, one of our favourites, a good friend of the pod and uh, all-round uh, yeah, footballing personality. Uh, we will be back with part two where we're going to dive into the NPL men's and women's competition after this. And welcome back to the Perth Football Podcast for part two of episode nine. We almost sound like a Hunger Games movie, hey? Episode nine, part two. They started doing that, didn't they? That was the Hunger Games, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Twilight, Twilight as well. What's your favourite, Twilight or the Hunger Games, Josh? Oh, I think I've watched like one of the Hunger Games movies. I haven't watched any of the Twilight movies. I think they started that with Harry Potter. Like they got to the seventh film and they're like, how can we make this interminable and awful and make a lot of money? Yeah, well, my, my partner will... D- 
disagree vehement, vehemently with you on uh, that they made Harry Potter rubbish. Um, but uh, Tia, Twilight or um, or Hunger Games? Definitely Hunger Games. Yeah, Kalichi. Uh, Hunger Games, please. Okay, yeah, me too. Tommy. He bet he's Twilight. What Full House? Full 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 House on Hunger Games. Sorry, not Full House. The TV. I thought show. I thought you were going to putting in a putting I in a sort of the, out for uh-huh. the uh, for the Aussie. Oh, the, what are they? The um. Mary, Kate, and Ashley Olsen, the Olsen twins. Yeah, they uh, they were superb back on yeah. Full House back in the, the day. The, the less famous of the Olsen twins now. <laughs> yeah, really? Are there other Olsen twins now? Oh, not twins. Sorry, less famous of the Olsen brood. Okay, sisterhood. Yeah, I'm I'm not down with the celebrity culture. You're gonna have to fill me in here. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen. She's a, she's in the Marvel films. Oh, okay. So there's a third sister that's now. <laughs> More famous than the rest. Can we yeah. just get back to way, thinking about famous. how Tommy may have sat on the fence there for Twilight or the Hunger Games? <laughs> yeah, I was no. like waiting for him to like Team Jacob, Team Bella. Yeah, yeah Hunger that's, Games. <laughs> yeah, all right. Hunger Games all round. Um, Speaking of Hungry like, and Games. Uh, oh, good segue. Uh, hungry for football action we had. We're going to start with the women's MPL because there was some drama over the weekend. I'm just going to read out Neil Bennett's post about the Subiaco Curtain game. Uh, he says on Facebook, I think the NBLW game between Subi and Curtin at Subi today must go down as one of the most bizarre in the short history of the league. I don't disagree with that. Subi 3-2 up with six minutes to go. So it's still in the balance. Nasty knee injury to one of their players delays the game. The lights. Uh, down at, where were they playing? At at, at Subi? Rosalie. At Rosalie Park. Rosalie Park, yeah. So the lights, if you haven't been down to Rosalie, there's about six different pitches and a couple of different hill it's levels. It's a big, and big facility. Big, big facility. Yeah. And the lights were supposed to come on at 5.15, but they didn't. So the ref waited until 5.30 and then calls the game. So the players go off. I don't know what they were going to do there. Would it just be a Subi win if they'd played enough of the uh, game? know the rules? Yeah, I think the rules are... I mean, you can always check this with Nova, but what's the point? Um, <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think the rules are... Uh, once the game's got past halfway, if the game gets called off, then the score stands as it is. Right. So the score probably, we think, would have stood. But then 5.35, five minutes after they've gone off, the lights come back on. And so the players go back out. Uh, I think the feed cuts out because it's only um, up to run for yeah, a so, amount so of time. So there's no video evidence of so, this at all. So apparently, uh, Subi went back out and scored another one to go 4-2 up. And then no no evidence of this at all, apart from the people that were there. But we believe Curtin scored late two goals to make it four four. I, I think the match sheet, the match card, I think is evidence as well. I think you can yeah. find that. Could you, one. Could you, could you if imagine? Someone can bring up the match card, maybe see when the goals were scored. I, I think I think we can easily uh, know the answer to this one. But T, have you ever been involved in anything like that? Oh God, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've had an issue with the lights before. Um, but luckily, that was only in a pre-season game this year when we were versing one of the boys' teams. Is that, is that down at the Murdoch? Uh, the old, uh, yeah, the synthetic. Yeah. How do you um, go on the... Kalichi's got a question in a second. But how like do you go on that synthetic uh, pitch? Because my ankles are just glass and I just... I can't play... I can't play on grass either, but I really can't play on the synthetic. Yeah. I think the Murdoch synthetic's probably the, one of the best ones that I've played on. It's actually quite soft for a synthetic. Um, that Ellenbrook one when, where I broke my back, triggered... Um, is not good. <laughs> yeah. That was like concrete. Um, but yeah, it takes a while to get used to, but I think like once you're used to it, I love playing on it now because I'm used to playing on it and because I'm fast. I can it gives you a bit of home pitch yeah. advantage. But yeah. Like playing I was, those I was, crisp balls. Mm. It's just, <laughs> the bouncers definitely probably judged it a lot better, but I was going to ask you, if you were tunnel up with six minutes to go and the referee called the game off, under what circumstances do you come back on the field? Because I'm like, nah, man, we're done. Uh, I would have already been like, 
I'm in the ice bar. In the changes. Uh, by the bar, This yeah. is how you get hurt coming back on after like, doing already nothing. already celebrating our three points and uh, see you later. Yeah. Kaliji yeah. Kali- Kali- walks out with the shower towel on. Tia's under the table there at the bar. And yeah. uh, no. Or me, one, once the shin pads are off, game over. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Fair enough. Now, Tommy, we're going to test your uh, uh, WNPL knowledge here. Are you ready? Okay. Dun, dun, we dun. want to know, to the closest one... How many goals has Tia Stonehill scored for Murdoch University Melville Football Club? Um, I reckon she got about 10 in the first season. Uh, Sorry, no, she didn't play in the first season, did she? Um, So in the second season, I think she got 14 um, in the league. Yeah, but overall, all competitions? Uh, All competitions. uh, I'm going to say, I'll go 19. (sighs) We think, uh, do we have a... Just hang up now, man. Uh, we don't, I don't think we do. Yeah, well, we, we, sh- we don't have to usually have to That's use Tommy that. Got one Tommy. Uh, got one this wrong. is his first one wrong. We believe it's uh, about twenty-three in all competitions. Uh, she's she did score five in the night series this season before getting injured, which you may have uh, forgotten about. But mate, that you had nineteen, and then question. the five goals that makes it twenty-four. I'm, I feel bad for you, mate. That's so close. So, he's probably right. I'm probably just talking myself up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I thought it was like she'd scored so many she just can't remember. Or... That's also true. No, let's look. <laughs> look, let's uh, let's carry on. We we don't get. I the, forgive you, Tommy. It's all good. Yeah, we don't get the opportunity. To, to make fun of Tommy for not knowing his stuff. So uh, it's yeah, it's a nice change of scenery. But d- did you catch any of the women's MPL action over the weekend, Tommy? Um, well, I was lucky enough to do the um, the Balcatter and Red Star game on uh, Sunday afternoon. And that's just, the Red Star are just such a, a powerhouse, aren't they? Uh, another three goals. I think that's 29 in uh, six games now, so just short of five a game and uh, four clean sheets as well. So they are the dominant team of the competition. It's it's going to be a, with, with Fremantle obviously dropping points on Friday night and and with Perth not in action due to a postponement against Tears uh, Mum FC. Um, they're seven points clear at the top now. And uh, quick mention for Larissa Walsh. I know she was uh, doing battle with with Tear last season for the Golden Boot, but she's carried on her form from last season. She's got ten in six games and. Uh, yeah, Red Star are looking very difficult to catch. It has to be said. Well, I think if uh, yeah, if if Murdoch particularly were going to have a chance, they would have loved to have had the, the league's best player from last year uh, playing. Uh, what's it like down at the club at the moment, Tia? That where you've obviously lost so many players, and we've seen that uh, in both leagues, in the men's and women's. Perth lost half their um, title-winning team. Uh, Murdoch, likewise, have lost half their team. We've noticed, we've mentioned Poppy Hooks a few times on this podcast as being that one player that's really gone to the next level with all of these players going out. Would have been great to have you playing alongside her and, and certainly would have given you you guys a much better chance of, of picking up a few more points than you have so far. But what's the general mood like? What What is it like down at the club? Um, I think... I think it's good. Really, really hard and really fast coming into the start of the season. Um, I think our success was our downfall from last year. Um, We did so well last year that I think a lot of our good players wanted to look for other opportunities. And obviously that's why we did lose a lot of players, um, you know, going into state um, and stuff like that. Um, But, you know, it has given opportunity for a lot of the young girls to step up. Coming into the season, uh, 80% of our team had never played an NPL women's game before. Um, and, you know, they're, they're finding their feet. Um, and, yeah, it'll be good to go back down there and kind of help guide the girls a bit and, and uh, give them a bit of leadership um, once I'm back down there. 
what's what's your role look like now? I mean, obviously, it's I'm, I'm injured as well and playing in the team and not being able to be there. So you're trying your hardest to support. So what ways are you kind of like being in there, but at the same time knowing you don't want to do too much because it might get a little bit upset where you're like, I just want to play. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, uh, it took me uh, seven weeks to actually go down to a training session. Well, once I could actually get up and, and walk and, um, you know, leave leave my bed um I went down because yeah it was was really hard and I didn't know how it'd make me feel so um but it was good to go down and it was I think it was good for the girls and everyone at the club to kind of you know see me and stuff um but apart from that I'm on the phone nearly every day to Luke (laughs) um (laughs) so yeah we're um in each other's ears and just picking each other's brains and just just trying to think of of things we can do to move forward because obviously every week's a challenge and um, yeah, obviously COVID's been a struggle. We'd been hit pretty hard, but that having a lot of people um, with COVID. Obviously, you've had a few of the players who've gone over east, uh, presumably to you know chase greater opportunities than they thought they could have here. Are, are there any of the ones that have gone over there that uh, you think are, are really putting their hand up to go to the next level and go on and play professional football? Um, yeah, well, obviously we've got uh, Abby Green, who has is actually been. Uh, in Canberra with the young Matildas um, at the moment. Um, obviously, Baxter um, is a, such a solid player and she is such a such a big loss. Um, like, you can, yeah, you can just, there's, there's no one that could fill that position and I, I just, yeah, fingers crossed for her because she definitely deserves an opportunity and, um, yeah, sadly here it's a lot of the girls are kind of being encouraged to... Uh, go play elsewhere if they do want to get kind of looked at because yeah. just there's just no pathway here, unfortunately, yeah. I that, don't think. I think, no, that is the sad truth and something that's been echoed by, yeah, coaches that we've talked to in the women's NPL. But oh, I guess I guess the, the pathway forward is just developing that next crop of players so that that player pool is wider. And yeah. I, I think that we, we are seeing that already, I think, to an incredible extent. You know, when we went down, all of us, to that uh, NTC Perth game on the Friday night and... You just and, see these. It, it's not just NTC as well, because there, there's really good players who don't want to be in the NTC system who are playing under 21s or absolutely you know, yep. might be playing yeah. under 21s and, and actually should be playing first team in the MPLW. Yep. I think there's a lot of the younger players who could potentially be given a, a chance yeah. uh, at, at a younger age. I don't know how you feel about that, Tia. Yeah, I definitely think our you know our success is going to be with our youth because if and I feel like if things don't start to change then those poor young players that are going to come up and and be the next big thing are going to go and just follow the same path and it's it's just not going to change like yeah I mean I I think at the same time we've we've got to try to be positive about this and think that a couple seasons ago the NPL wasn't there a couple seasons ago women's games weren't all being broadcast yeah Yeah. it's definitely we are slowly progressed and it's 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 in the right direction but it's just... It's kind of frustrating that you're doing it right now and you're like, why can't it be already here that mm. I want it to be while yeah, I'm playing? Like, yeah, like, you know, after last season, I sat down with, with Mark Jones and, and just said to him, what, what more can I do? In, in the sense of it, it, taking it to the next level in, in Perth, what, what more can I do? Uh, you know, I won Golden Boot. I won Best Player. I, I won the treble. I won everything that I feel like I possibly could have won and played possibly what I think is my best football, you know, and... and and nothing comes from it, and it's just like, well, you know, no wonder people want want to leave Perth if, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I the, the, the look the reason that the reason that I mentioned the the 
game that we went and saw in the NTC in particular wasn't just because, like, not saying that they have all the best youngsters, but the they the particular crop that of the fourteen and fifteen and sixteen year olds that we've seen down there in their um, younger teams as well is these are players that can play football at a really yeah. high level already. Yeah. So I think I I think with that crop of new players coming through, I would imagine the standard over the next five years, oh, I would yeah, be expecting. Yeah. It's uh, already, and, it's already year I, on year, it's a better standard. The, the big thing that's that has hurt this year that makes it a hard league to watch and follow is just the fact that so many players left yeah, mum. There's and, just no, yeah, there's no depth. And that Red Star are just walking away with it. So it's, it's, it is hard to take too much yeah, of an interest. Yeah, I feel interest. like a lot, of, a lot of teams have lost players, even like Fremantle losing, obviously, Bella and um, Tian. I, I think that they're great players, especially Tian. I, I rate her as one of my favourite players to watch and, and to play against and play with. Um, and I think she's like destined for, for really, really big things as well. But yeah, unfortunately, um, yeah, these players feel they don't really have the, the opportunities and the the level, the standard, all of that sort of stuff, even money um, here, unfortunately. And, and I think we had that situation in the men's game, and this is going back like 10 or 11 years or even longer. I think there are, there are a few really good players who didn't get the opportunity to play for uh, Perth Glory at the time, and one of them was Dino Gilbich, and, and they went over and they got more money to go over and play in Victoria, and that's actually how they ended up making their way into the A-League. So, you know, potentially that happens, and then we start to look, inwards a bit more and see you know how many great players there are locally who actually can make that step up and, and take them from the WA leagues and yeah. you know we can't well we can't go and put money into the competition ourselves yeah. straight away you know you, you need you need, you need <laughs> yet until until the sponsors start rolling in and exactly. uh what well, I, I don't and, think and we're anyone, getting Joe Rogan ad money but I don't think anyone can begrudge the players for wanting to go and take those opportunities yeah. like you're saying it's if you don't see a pathway that's it. I, but I do think I do think there is potential that if the brand keeps growing, if the standard keeps yeah, raising, hopefully it will go the game commercially. Yeah. Yeah, it's not even that there isn't the the talent pool here because there is. There are so many talented players here, and it's just I feel like we just don't get a look in almost. My my, my big thing, which I think is still pretty positive, is the fact that we're not losing as many people as we could, as many women as we could to Aussie rules and to hockey and stuff like that. And I'm, sh- I'm sure there's still so much more who are playing Aussie rules, who are yeah. playing hockey, who could be playing football. But In fact, we're stealing some good ones yeah, from the footy. But, but, but they're also not thinking like, this is the best pathway for me. Like there are so many multi, multi-sport yeah. people, women who could come across and play and they're going, oh, I'm not too sure I'm just going to stick here. And, but the fact that these girls that we've lost have gone to go play football somewhere else, I suppose, is a little bit more positive. Um, yeah. in, in, ter- in terms of that, Tommy, like what, what kind of positives have you been seeing? Because you've been covering this for quite a while, mate. So what, what have you kind of seen that's pretty, pretty positive in terms of the women's game growing and nurturing here in WA? Well, I think, I think uh, just to sort of wrap up, up the majority of what you guys have been saying, I think it's, I think it's the players who are getting opportunities. I think, that's the, I think that's the number one thing you can sort of hang your hat on is that um, yes, obviously, in, in an ideal circumstance, you'd like to see, uh, to, to take Tearscob, for example, you'd like to see some of these really good young players coming through, like Clara Harrell, like Sam mm-hmm. Mathers, um, like um, like Poppy and, and like Charlie, who I, who I think as well as like Poppy has gone to another level this season as well. Yeah, you'd like to see some of those players, um, have, having even if it's just a couple of the experienced players like here in the team, just to sort of learn and grow and develop off because it is difficult when you do have a lot of them sort of being thrown in. They're having to learn on the spot. They're not quite getting that guidance on the pitch. And you're looking at teams like the Fremantle Cities and the Red Stars who do have that bit more balance and 
Um, we've spoken about Red Star, but you look at Fremantle, they've got um, Michaela Lyons and Jamie Lee Gale there at the moment. Um, and they've had a very successful under 23 side for the last couple of years. Um, so, so I think you're starting to see at the moment that the teams that do have that balance um, are the ones that are doing well at the moment. Balcata have probably been a bit of a victim of COVID as well, having only played the, the three or four games this season. But I, I think the most important thing that we sort of can, can just look at is that um, whilst the situation is probably not ideal and that we'd like to see the young players playing with some more of the experienced players to get a bit more of a footing in terms of the development, they are getting the opportunities and, and perhaps they wouldn't be doing so otherwise. And um, whether that is a tangible thing um, and they do stay in the competition for, for two or three years and really sort of build on that and become uh, stars in the next sort of three years, that remains to be seen or whether perhaps at the end of, of, of one or two years, they have to move. Um, we, we don't know. Um, but yeah, the, the, the fact that they are getting opportunities and minutes to play football that they may not previously have had is it can only be a positive thing for me. All right, we do need to move on. We're running slightly over time here on part two, and we haven't got on to the men's yet. The only other game we had the Murdoch-Perth postponement, as, as mentioned before, but there were the Hyundai NTC uh, got a point off Fremantle Friday night, which is a good result for them. Uh, we'll do need to get onto the men's quickly and a uh, fair bit of action there in the red card department over the weekend. I saw a couple of them, uh, but we'll start with Kalichi's uh, favourite, Daryl Nickel. Didn't score last week, um, didn't play, uh, but then also went a full 90 this week without scoring Kalichi. Do you think his goal scoring touch is wearing off? Yeah, mate, he, he didn't score in 90 minutes of a football game for the first time and I think... Seven games. All, all year, yeah. He, of course, went and scored the winner in the 93rd minute, but Sloppy. you just cannot stop that man. Seven games consecutive to start the season that he scored at 10 or 11 goals, something... It's like Jamie Vardy stuff, isn't it? Oh, it's absolutely crazy. Uh, how many did Jamie get in the end? I think it was like 12 or 13. Well, it was 11 games. I think games. Man U in the 11th game. And then he went it? around going, it's mine, it's mine, it's all yeah, mine. It's all about him, yep. Uh, so that was that was entertaining. Heartbreaker for Balcata. Still haven't scored from open play. They got a penalty uh, to... To equalise, I think it was in that game in the first half. Looked a bit of a soft penalty to me. Looked like he might have got the ball, but the referee points to the spot and they only get one look at it, as we all, always say, and they convert the penalty. And then, I mean, credit to them. They've held on to the top of the table or the team that's been at the top of the table all season so far, the Red Star. And yeah, and then just Dale Nickel popping up in the 93rd minute. Uh, we, will, we won't dwell too long on that one because I want to ask you how things were down in Bunbury, Tommy. Uh, Bustleton, but yeah, oh, it was Bustleton. Um, it was good. Same there was thing. a crowd of yeah. <laughs> yes. a crowd of just over five hundred people there. Um, it was a pretty good turnout. The rain stayed away, um, and yeah, um, Sorenzo went to the top of the league after a two 0 win over Perth Glory. Um, Cummings and Jackson with goals in the first half, and the game was actually a pretty good one in the first half. I thought Glory were a little bit unlucky not to be ahead. They they definitely had the better of it in the first half an hour, but. A real strength of, of Sorrento is, is, as sort of we all know, is there. I just think they're the most efficient team in the league. Um, they only need a handful of chances, and, and often they take two or three of them in a game. And, and at the other end, they've just got so much experience defensively as well. So uh, they were able to manage the game in the second half when Glory huffed and puffed but weren't quite able to get there. And, and yeah, Trevor Morgan's just slotted in, really. He's not changed too much after Jamie Harnwell garnered them to third last season. And... 
the top of the league and and who would have thought that i suppose given all the um the the, the praise we've given the likes of sterling bayswater and floria earlier in the season we haven't mentioned sorrento at all almost have we it's um we should have known as soon as they got rid of that jamie fella that you should have known they were on the way up but um uh, you were saying the sorrento goalkeeper was making a few saves there as well josh was that the case something that glory could have had a few yeah look they they, they got mm. hammered before they got the goals i mean the goals came within about a five minute spell towards yeah. the end of the first half before that it looked like glory were just battering them they were batting down the hatches and the goalkeeper made tons of saves yeah and he's only 17 as well patrick hughes he's oh, um he, he he's sort of new into the team uh, this season, stepping up from from the juniors, um, Joel Driscoll was back on the bench at the weekend. Uh, he, he was their their number one at Sorrento before um, picking up a pretty serious injury last year. So he's making his way back. But I suppose while Hughes is keeping clean sheets and Sorrento are winning games, then the seventeen year olds um, going to be in possession of that number one jersey. Isn't that fantastic to hear as well? Because we've seen teams uh, be a bit nervous about even playing games when they've had first team goalkeepers. Out. You know, we've yeah. heard stories about uh, clubs asking for postponements because they don't have goalkeepers, whether it's for COVID or or, or other things. We, we presume COVID, but um, you know that just shows you know if if you're if you're good enough, you're old enough, aren't you? Yeah, and um, and it kind of not to not to sort of go back too much to what we were talking about with the women's before, but I mean he's got the likes of Ryan McLaughlin and, and Mark Barnett um, playing in front of him, Sean Kilkelly as well, who was on the bench at the weekend. And Jordan Brown and Ollie, on uh, Jordan Brown and Ollie Annis, sorry, in the fullback position. So it's a very ex- experienced defensive line in front of him, and and that can only give him confidence as well. And um, yeah, as I've as I've said, it's um, it's been a really good start for them. And um, and yeah, they're they're in really good form. It's going to be a um, a big test for them coming up though. Um, they've got uh, Florit this weekend, and then Red Star, and then uh, Sterling in the next three rounds. So we'll see wow. what they're made of in terms of title stuff. I think in the next few weeks. Yeah, that'll be the test. Uh, other fit? Anything more to say on that game, Josh? Oh yeah, I just wanted to know um, what you thought about the the glory timing because obviously they've had players away in uh, in Newcastle for that uh, Australia Cup game against uh, against Newcastle and. They've brought quite a few of the younger players up. I saw Matty George has been getting minutes, and I've seen a bit of their 18s and 20s playing down at Hartfield Park, and they've been absolutely spectacular in the younger grades. Uh, what, what do you think of the younger players coming into the first team at Glory? Well, they don't look out of place at MPL level, Josh. I think it's that's fair to say. Um, do, do they lack a little bit of, of, of cutting edge, perhaps? Uh, I thought Kieran Bramwell had a good game at the weekend. He just didn't quite have that luck in the final third when it mattered. He was the the captain of the team and one of those players who has played A-League men's minutes. But, yeah, you mentioned them before. Um, Andrew Maranta and and Matthew George, uh, Joseph Hobson, uh, Jacob Young as well, the son of Stuart, who who used to play uh, for Glory in, in the A-League and Wollongong Wolves. Yeah, what a player he was. Well. So, Great player. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, they, they've certainly got some good prospects there coming through. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm still confident, despite the defeat, that they'll be in the, they'll be in the mix for a top-four finish. All right, so around the rest of the grounds, let's go south, check out those southern fixtures. Armadale piling even more pressure on Gwellup, continuing to struggle into their second season with a 2-1 win. They went two goals up in the first half and then conceded, I think, just before half time, before uh, losing a man, one of the many red cards this weekend. I think it was Barr got a second yellow. I And I was trying to watch this and figure out what it was for. I don't know if anyone else saw it, but it's one of those, I mean, the the 
viewing angle that they've got down at Armadale at the moment is still just absolutely horrendous. It's still, they've done it again on that far side of the pitch down at ground level. You, you can't even see the action for like a third of the pitch. It's terrible. Um, bring back the unsafe, tell us bring, how back you really the, feel. bring back yeah. the unsafe scaffolding. Get us is, up there is that, in the, in is the that wind where, rain. Is that where the, uh, the camera missed the goal that we don't want to credit to Daryl Nickel? Nickel? Yeah. So he didn't get that one either. So it's been maybe three weeks now that he hasn't scored in 90 minutes. Um, <laughs> the lens that people will go for hateration <laughs> is unbelievable. No, but, but a good we, don't, we don't hate you, Daryl. We're, we're trying to get at Kalichi. We just hate Kalichi. He doesn't listen uh, to the show. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've asked. So Armadale, uh, 2-1 over Gwellup. Uh, I was down at Coburn, Perth for the Peter Cup, which is there uh, in memory of Peter Mirko and Peter Georgie, uh, long-standing uh, members of the Coburn and Perth families. Uh, and so it was a 1-1 draw in the end. So I don't know what they did with the cup. Maybe they just cut it in half. Or, or Is that where you were calling the dogs? They co-parent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the one. Thanks to WA Football Memes for that. Um, but no, that look, that was a... Uh, an well, you, you, you told us it was going to be a draw and it was. I predicted a draw, yeah. I thought um, Perth were heavy favourites going into it. I think uh, it's just so hard really to know who the favourites are in these games. And, and when you see long odds, not that I advocate betting, but there were long odds on the draw. And I thought there's always a chance of the draw with, with games where Perth haven't played any games. I think they'd played four. Coburn had played seven, but three of them had come in the last week. So I thought, well, will Coburn be tired? I, you just It's so hard to know. But then I was talking to um, Paul Zimmerina before the game, and he was just saying it's it's just impossible to get into a rhythm. Like we, we play one week, and then we don't play for three weeks, and then we play in a midweek, and then again on the weekend, and then we don't play the next week. And it's just... Yeah, so given all that, I, I thought Perth would be favourites just given that Coburn had played so many games recently, having those th three games in a week because they had the makeup game with um, uh, Sorrento during the week. Yeah, I, I just thought, um, yeah, Perth would be the favourites, and they were, but Coburn, yeah, Coburn battled well. But the, the, the big moment was uh, Ben Radonich came charging out about half an hour in, was. Yeah, 25 yards away from goal. As you know, Kalichi, the, the goalkeeper area ends after 18. Um, and he's come out and Hassani Sinclair's gone around him and he's done a full goalkeeper sprawl to save it. It's a great save. Um, it was a good save. It was a really good one-on-one -on -one save. Unfortunately, he was outside the area and um, he, he, uh, I think it was Stephen Gregory, the referee, had, doesn't really have a choice there. It has to be a red card if you're going around the keeper. They did have, it's an interesting one we could ask Nova because they did have one player back on the line. But obviously, if it's the last defender and you make a foul to stop them, it would be a red card, even though the goalkeeper's there. So I uh, guess a defender on the line is even less likely to save it than a goalkeeper. So correct decision. Um, but but Coburn really um, probably performed better with, with 10 men. It was one of those ones, well, now, we've, now we're up against it. We've just got to fight and fight and battle. And they did. And then... Um, Oh, the big man. I'm forgetting his name. It's a, one of those big long ones. Uh, Ognenovic, Milan Ognenovic, their uh, big number five centre half, just in a free kick scramble um, that Lazaro put in late on and he toe poked at home. And yeah, That's when, you, boy. when you see a big man running off <laughs> celebrating like that, it's, uh, it's always a it's always You're a cool sight, with him. So. Huh? You're cool with him. We, we're, oh, we're Jesse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesse's one of my boys. I was, I was gonna say because you yeah, were saying Jesse and Calvin. Yeah, you, you were saying before you're good friends with Calvin. A yeah. bit of a needly pain in the ass. You're a bit of a needly pain in the ass when you're playing, and and of course Jesse fits right into that as well. So you should uh, have seen the three of us at school. <laughs> <laughs> Those poor teachers. Did you all go to school together? Yeah, we all went to John Curtin. Oh my goodness. Sorry, what, Mr. Rickers, and, if and, you ever listen to this podcast. And you're in the same class. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Can, Can you, you imagine the three of them is in that, the corner supposed to listen in class and they're just drawing footballs and talking games? Is it, is that part of the football? <laughs> program at John Curtin, like how to needle. <laughs> yeah, it must be. 
Must yeah. be. It's only an application. It's a theme. It's a theme, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, look, we'll, we'll we'll have to just give a brief summary of the other games. Floriot Inglewood won one. I think Floriot were were knocking on the door last ten minutes, had a bunch of shots, uh, but couldn't get the win. So a disappointing result for them. Sort of falling further away from uh, that sort of uh, unstoppable force they looked at the start of the year with the the night series win. Um, we mentioned the Balcata Perth and then Sterling, huge result for them, a 1-0 against Bayswater. It was an own goal. Um, did anyone catch any of that? That was uh, That's a huge result uh, at the top of the table. We did mention um, the difficulty of playing. We've been saying it. It's been a theme all of this podcast. But playing three games in a week can take it absolutely out of you. And you can see the effect that it had on Perth where they beat Floriot, drew with glory, lose to Sterling. Um, I reckon if you play those games... With seven days break, the same results could have been possible, but at the same time, they could have been coming out there with six points or seven. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if Perth. I, I feel like they've got some some broader issues though in terms of scoring goals. Are they? Is Tommy still on the line? Are they three goals in five games? Is that right? That's that is right. Yeah, even I know that stuff. Even, even Shaw knows that. Yeah, yeah. We don't need Tommy for that one. We will quickly look at the table. It's always a bit hard when teams have played more and less games. But at the moment, Sorrento and Red Star are both having played seven. Sorrento a point ahead on sixteen. Red Star and Sterling both on fifteen, but Sterling have that game in hand. So if, with a win there or a point, uh, they'll go equal top or or clear on top. So. Sterling carrying on five wins and one loss. They are starting to really look like what's a team the, uh, to beat. What's the difference between the top, between first and fifth? What's the difference? First and fifth uh, is just two points. Spicy. <laughs> just two points. Spicy. But, but, but Bayswater and Florida have both played an extra game. Uh, or two more than Sterling, in fact. So who knows? Who knows where we'll be? We will uh, yeah, find out over the coming weeks and hopefully get a few of those uh, postponed fixtures uh, ticked off as well. Uh, that's ticks us off for the MPL this podcast. It's time for us to jump overseas and head off to talk some FA Cup action, Kalichi, which I have been dying to do all week. We'll be back after this. And before we get on to part three, just a quick word from our sponsors here at the uh, Hush Connective, wonderful studio here at the Mind Body Lounge in Vic Park. If you want to do your own podcast, if you have a story to tell, do it here at the Hush Connective. Uh, just look them up on Facebook or come in 484 Albany Highway. And our other sponsors, the Mind Body Lounge themselves, they do wonderful cryotherapy treatments, which Alan Dutton has won. Thank you, Alan, for tagging your mates in the Perth Football Podcast post this week. Uh, you can take that cryotherapy treatment or a seat in the massage chair, or you're also able to Go in for a free physio consult down at Physio for All in Oakford if you're ever down that way. So whatever you want, Alan, get in touch with us. Let us know whether you want uh, that cryotherapy, uh, massage treatment, whatever here at My Body Lounge or the physio treatment. Bye. Back in a sec. And we are back with part You've three. Got mail. Whoa, hello. We've got some mail. In fact. Uh, we got a bit of a bag full of mail after last week's episode. And look, we just want to give a quick uh, brief statement. We won't read out all the individual messages. Uh, things can start to get a little bit messy. Obviously, a lot of the feedback was from uh, the Mitch Prentice uh, incident, the headbutt uh, on Calvin Whitney. Alleged. Uh, we have had a lot of uh, messages saying great feedback and they liked the, the talk on the culture of the sport and... Uh, and, and that sort of thing. Uh, and then we had the other end of the spectrum, people saying it wasn't harsh enough and we needed to condemn uh, Mitch Prentice more. Uh, and look, I just wanted to 
yeah, clarify this and say, oh, I don't personally know Mitch Prentice. I've only heard stories. We don't know him personally, anyone on the podcast. Um, if any, if a lot of the stories that I've heard are true, I don't really want to know him, uh, but it's nothing that I've experienced personally myself. So that's why I, we didn't want to dive too much into hammering the guy. I, I think if you listen to the language that was used last week, I did say that what he did was uh, pretty cowardly and, and pathetic, and I stand by that. Uh, but that's why we wanted to take the angle uh, of it from a broader aspect rather than, you know, the, the actual incident and talk about the guy that, yeah, we don't know. And, and that's why we're saying, look, obviously someone with issues, hope he gets better. And, yeah. and that's where we wanted to draw the line. And, look, and we can't lie and say that that one incident is something that's completely isolated. It was more on the extreme end of the spectrum, but... Uh, you know, aggression in sports and, and football is spe- specifically is something that we need to tackle. And I think you've got to tackle the whole issue, not just one particular incident when you when you talk about it. Yeah, yeah. drawing on that, we did yeah. get emails from local people, from different clubs, talking about things that have happened to referees, that have happened to players, that have happened to spectators. So um, I think overall, in terms of addressing the culture, I think we did a pretty good job there. If you do say so yourself. If I do say so myself. Yeah. Uh, look, okay. Well, let's dive into part three now. I just wanted to address those uh, people. Thank you so much for your feedback. If you do want to send us messages, get onto uh, to Facebook and yeah, flick us a message. We're always happy to read it out. Or if you want to jump on the show, if you've got your local club that wants to uh, yeah, a bit more exposure, we've had uh, Chris and... Um, Tell me. Shane. Shane, of course. I almost said Damien, but it's the other one. Shane on today. So, yeah, we, we want to hear all the voices. Uh, one voice that we uh, love hearing from is a local referee who has joined us on the line for part three, Libby Caldwell. Hey, guys. How are you? We're good. Thanks for joining us. Libby, in the studio here, we've got Josh Chyant. How are you doing, Sean? And Libby. Yeah, How are you doing? You've, we've, we've, in, we've already. Yeah, I, I do yeah. that every time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we've got Tia Stonehill. Hey, how you going? And uh, Calicio somewhere, of course. Hey, uh, uh, you mentioned this off air, but we'd like to get you to say it on air. Um, have you ever been able to catch up with Tia to, to flag her for offside? I like have been close. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yeah, she certainly is lightning quick. Uh, almost as lightning quick as our very own Sam Kerr, WA's own Sam Kerr, who's done it again this week, guys. Everyone see the goal? Yeah, she, yep. she started. She started running and no one was going to catch her, were they? Yeah, well, you wanted to say something to you on, oh. the, on the goal? You had a good point. As a striker, you don't pass. But, I mean, the pass was there. So. Well, you've softened now. You said you Would you, said would you have passed pass. in that situation? Pro- probably. Would it I, uh, I, no, I'm come pr- on. No, I, I am. If you go on, where's Tiny Tommy? Let's go back <laughs> and look at my assists from last season. Yeah, he'll know how many there were, surely. He didn't know how many goals, but... Yeah, yeah. he should get something right. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I reckon you'd, you'd square it if you had you had the option. So it's, it's about the team, isn't it? Yeah. See, the, Kalichi the, doesn't the, understand the, the this. Deflection, the deflection was lucky. Yeah. Well, lucky or not, it's all about uh, how many and not how. And she's got a few now in the last week and, and title deciders and now FA Cup deciders. And how, how great is it having, you said this before the podcast, Kalichi, one of the top footballers in the world being a uh, a local kid from WA. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Let's get her on the potty. Yeah, this, we gave the shout-out. Well, yeah, she's, she's coming back. She's coming back. to Perth and she said it's party We, are, we already invited Tia. her. Tia, make it happen. Uh, that's yeah. it. Party with the Perth Football Podcast. Yeah, where, where would you have a party other than uh, in the Hush Connective Studios? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's a great place for it. Um, <laughs> we shouldn't be advertising. <laughs> we shouldn't be advertising that. Uh, 
Otherwise, we're, yeah, we might get in a bit of trouble bringing some rowdy. But quiet, here. sorry, but a quiet, a quiet. Party. Yeah, exactly. Quiet party. Go, going back to theme, Libby, did you catch any football this weekend? Um, I watched the FA Cup um, men's and the women's. Great. Well, let's get onto the men's in a second. Tell us about the women's. What was the uh, what was the game like? Well, as you say, Sam Kerr, absolute star of the show, making WA proud, um, especially from a women's football perspective, as you guys said. Um, and Hayley Razzo on the other side as well scored an 89 minute goal for Man City um, to push push it into extra time. Um, yeah, it was a good game around, lots of goals, unlike the men's one, which we'll get to in a second. Um, yeah. Obviously, Sam Kerr, like you said, 99th minute um, winner in, in uh, added time uh, to seal the deal for Chelsea. Yeah, sensational stuff. Um, we haven't asked you yet, T, if you have a, a club that you support, uh, an English club or a... I need to know who you all support first. No, you just need to tell this us. Who like you is, this like a safe, is this a safe space? Yeah, this is absolutely a safe space. We've had we're getting basic. We've we've had plenty of <laughs> we've had plenty of Manchester United fans in, and we haven't kicked them out before. So, in fact, we've got one on the line. He's too scared to come yep. in. But oh, okay, because I'm yeah, a United fan. Yeah, United yeah. fan. That's look. You've, you 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 straight away. You're suffering enough uh, that we don't. No, need. My coach is a Leeds supporter, so. Oh, oh, you, you did Luke might, mention that? You might have. Did um, Luke mention he's that? He's loud and proud. He did mention that. He he's might, on the committee. I don't think. I don't he think might he not be so it. proud at the moment. I don't no. think he owns oh, a shirt that isn't a lead shirt. No, he, even still at training, it's all he wears. Yeah, well, they <laughs> are. Called out here, Luke, mate. They are Sorry. looking in a lot of trouble at the moment. Uh, Leeds, before we um, head on to the FA Cup that we wanted to talk about, that situation at the bottom of the Premier League table is looking a little more interesting by the week. Looks like Everton are staying up, do we all think now? We all thought they were going down a couple of weeks ago. But well, 538s gives them a 9% chance. Of going down? Of going down. Yeah, that sounds about I right. I still want them to go down. <laughs> yeah. That's, I, I think it would be hilarious. Yeah. I oh. don't mind. Leeds or Everton, I don't mind. Whichever. Ooh. Well, as a, as a, as a Manchester United <laughs> so, fan. So we're keeping Burnley up then? Yeah, I, uh, yeah. it's the lesser of the three evils. It's, it seems like Burnley's the evil that the, um, that the league needs. You, you, they yeah, just sort of exactly. sit, they're always around they always play pretty rubbish football but they're not quite stoke level of um of none of you have been actually been to burnley have you no i've oh, i've God, been no. to burnley for about why, 45 why? minutes <laughs> yeah and and there's that there's that line from in between us yeah <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what he says like, i don't mind football I, but, I, do, but I fucking hate burnley <laughs> i do i do think i do think people are like with burnley i think there's a lot of people who are like Premier League traditionalists and like, oh, we'd love to see Leeds in there and Everton in there and Burnley aren't a traditional Premier League team. You know, back in the 60s, they were one of the top teams in England. So these things go in cycles, you know. You can't pick teams over over another just because they're traditional, whatever, you know. Man United could get relegated soon and it's going to be blessed. Oh, from your lips to God's ears, Josh. Uh, let's go to one of the other top teams in England at the moment and that's our Liverpool Kalichi, a nil-nil, as Libby alluded to before, draw. Um, quite uh, interesting that you can have a nil-nil where uh, a winger is the player of the match, but geez, Luis Diaz had a day, didn't he? There's a, there's this line in, a, in basketball where it's just like um, you, you talk about like how you like your players, right? You can be the statistical person who's just like, this person's efficient. And then you can be like someone like me who's like, man, that boy, nice. That's how I feel about Luis Diaz. Where like, I don't, I don't want to know how many assists he gets. I don't want to know like, like how many goals he gets. But when he gets the ball, I get excited and he's got all this flair and this bag of tricks and, and the idea that he can beat you going down the line or completely change it up and come inside or just 
just play anyhow you want. It's it's a really cool throwback to the days where wingers took people on and didn't care about the numbers or the stats. Whereas right now, it's almost been trained out of you that no, no, you take a touch, you play the the, the fullback, you come back inside. This man is creative. He's enjoy like he's such a joy to watch, and his touches and his flair are just it's so cool seeing a player who was that open and just wants to really put on a show as much as like score the goals, which he absolutely does want to do. But he's more he's he's equally happy to just take a Rabona touch as the ball gets knocked 45 yards in the air and play. And that's that's got to be so cool to watch, especially for young people who are watching the game. Seeing that level of skill on show is awesome. Is, is, is yeah. he Colombian? Yeah. yeah, it's like those Colombian teams of the early 90s, isn't it? Like the Espria was like that, who played for... Uh, for um, in fact, even their goalkeeper, Higuita, was a bad man. Like, he's with scorpion kicks and goals. So it's, a, it, it's, it's one of the good traits of the of the, uh, of the Colombians, the, the flair players. And just another one with one of those great stories, obviously, as, as a Liverpool fan, whenever any players are linked, you start to hear, you know, all their, their backstories, and especially after they're signed. And Luis Diaz, the, the one they called Noodles or whatever Fideo. it was, which because it was so scrawny and so malnourished. And, yeah, and, and then hearing... Uh, his quotes from his mum to whatever paper she was talking to about how um, how well he's fitting in and Klopp saying, I don't know how he communicates with um, Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones, but they get along really well because he doesn't speak any English. Um, but but the, the best part about his mum's quotes was saying, he, he tells me, um, I really love it here and they accept me for how I am and when I play well, I, um, Klopp gives me a hug and it makes me feel good. And it's like... Yeah, how do you not love the man? How cute. <laughs> yeah, but the uh, the game against Chelsea was not cute. It was not pretty. Um, it was, uh, te- I mean, as a fan watching, it's just another heart attack. We already went through it with the League Cup going to penalties, and it just felt like when we, we were t- texting it at full-time whistle when the penalties were getting, I was just messaging you saying, not again, this is terrible, not again, I can't do this again. <laughs> what, it, what it does do is it gives an absolute appreciation for actual footballers and for professionals because I am watching that penalty shootout nervous. My hands are sweaty. I can't do them. Yeah, mm. you can't do penalties. I can't, I can't, I have to, <laughs> it's my yeah. job, but I don't like them and I don't want to. Yeah. So if, if you were taking a penalty, would you go first, second, third, fourth, fifth? Would you go in the top five? Or would you be like, oh, I'll let someone else oh, go Oh, no, first? no. I usually go last. Well, like Ooh, 11th. Like the... 11th or like fifth? Oh, no, like, yeah, like fifth. Okay. You know, because hopefully I'm like you're, like you're, one. Like you're pushing the goalkeeper out there to take one before you have to. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'll be in the top five. It just yeah. depends. Sometimes I'll like go first or second or then I'll like go yeah, kind of like fifth to hope to like score the last one, but still make me sick and sweat every time. Yeah. And I can't watch anyone else take this. I have to like and, look away. And this is one of the, this was one of the worst types of penalty shootout to watch, where you get that early miss that Aspilicueta I think was second and missed. Yep. And then uh, Sadio Mane, he scored penalties in his for, for the World Cup. He's, but he's playing against a teammate who knows where he goes, so Klopp tells him to go the other way, and he. Is that Goes the, the other way? Yeah, that's the story. He almost went straight down the middle, though. It wasn't a good penalty Klopp at all. Apologize, but but the idea of like you need to understand how good these players are because we are watching this at home, far away in the comfort and safety of our place, and like I'm sweaty and I'm nervous <laughs> yeah. and I'm terrified. Yeah. So what are these people doing and going through being that calm in that situation? Isn't you're always incredible. sweaty, nervous, and terrified on a Saturday night, Kalichi? Jesus. Uh, so, so yeah, the, anyway, as I was saying, so Mane steps up and I, as the analytical man and the, the maths man, I'm just thinking like, I've seen all the stats about penalties to win a shootout are always a little bit higher percentage. So we're going 85 to 90% 
chance of winning. And that's all as he's walking up, I'm just thinking, all right, it's 85, 90%. It's, it's, we've, we've really, we've, we've got this, we've got this, just, just pray that it goes in. And then as soon as that misses, it's back to 50, 50. And you're like, God, we just need someone to step up and choke. And thankfully, uh, Mason Mount did the job for us. Have you seen his record at Wembley? Oh, Mason Mount. Oh, yeah. it's like five, it five or six finals. I think, I think this was the sixth. Yeah, it's bad. Poor guy. After the Euros as well. That, yeah. that goes back to when he was on loan at Derby as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, it couldn't happen to a nicer club. I was going to say, yeah, losing three him, finals so. in a row couldn't happen to a nicer club. Yeah. Uh, Away from the FA Cup, a little bit of uh, league action, which uh, was quite exciting last night. Josh Chai, your West Ham United looking to do Liverpool a bit of a favour. Um, jumped out to a 2-0 lead and then, uh, yeah, let it slip a little bit. Eyes emoji half. being sent all over the place. <laughs> yeah, what was, what was your take on that one? First of all, thank you. That makes the last day a little bit more interesting, that knowing that City only need a draw to give us a, a chance. But, yeah, what, how was the game? Yeah, oh, it, was, it, was, it was an incredible game. It was really, obviously, the overriding emotion of the game was uh, all about Mark Noble playing his final game at home for West Ham. He's almost played 550 games for West Ham. He's never been uh, at another club. I think he got let go by the Arsenal Academy when he was like 11, but he was a local boy who grew up just down the road from Upton Park, the old stadium. Thank, and thank the Lord the, uh, the narrative didn't force them to start him in that game. I was a little bit worried about that, and I thought City running over Mark Noble for a 90 might be a bit much, but he got a chance. No, and, the, and there was a story going around that he'd, um, he'd gone up to David Moyes during the week and told him not to, not to play him out of sentiment, like, if you don't want to put me on as a substitute, don't put me on the pitch. But uh, I think when they did put Noble on, it was a little bit after we'd conceded the second goal, we'd gone back to 2-2, two, two, and uh, I mean, Peter Drury kind of picked it up. He's obviously the best commentator in the world and sort of said... Apart from know, Tommy Dolman. Apart from Tommy. <laughs> apart from Tommy. And, and, and obviously... <laughs> love, you, love you, Tommy. Uh, but but obviously he's he's gone. You know, you know, Dave Moyes knows what he's doing because the crowd's going to lift. It's going to bring emotion back into the game. And West Ham... Uh, it did seem to galvanise him a bit, didn't it? Yeah, and this may have happened just before Noble came on. I can't quite remember, but Jared Bowen had that great chance, the volley that uh, was deflected wide, I think, off the boot of Laporte, uh, which would have made it 3-2. Um, Antonio should have made it 3-1 when he was one-on-one with, with Edison as well, butchered, butchered a chance. You know, that would have been great. It would have been great to see that happen. Maybe Liverpool beat Southampton by quite a lot and actually go in on, on yeah, you know, that even was, goal difference, that basically was the even going into the last day of the season. But uh, Lucas Fabianski has actually got a really great record uh, with saving. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but he has a great record with saving penalties. And uh, kept it at two two. Yeah, that was a that was a great moment, and and maybe one that we look like back Morris. on and yeah, and and yeah. think that was a a title changing moment. Obviously, we still need Steven Gerrard, Philip Coutinho. The, the 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 gods, the football gods, have been writing this story all season. <laughs> it is set up, and I've seen plenty of uh, post Twitter posts saying like, "Oh my God, Coutinho to get it back to seven one in the ninetieth minute against Man City." Still think that's likely. I still think they were. What do you want to talk about, Kalichi? You're um, shoveling us on there. You got anything to? We just need to wrap up. Okay. Well, um, if there's any more for any more, anything else anyone wants to talk about? No, we're getting the evils from Kalichi. Yeah, so I know. I'm too scared to say anything. Out. Yeah, Libby, do you want to uh, add anything? Just hang up, Libby. Uh, I had a whole <laughs> audiobook planned, but I guess not. Yeah, week. no, go read yeah. the audiobook to yourself. Oh, that that would just yeah. be reading a book, wouldn't it? 
thank you so thanks for thanks for joining us briefly, Libby. We'll hopefully get you back in the studio soon. A huge thank you to Tia Stonehill for being with us uh, tonight. No, thanks for having me, guys. It was uh, had a great time. Always a pleasure. We'll hopefully get you back on, Josh. It's always great to see your face. Oh, thank you very much, Sean. And ending on a high note with the audiobook joke. Good stuff. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> I'd been planning it for weeks. Uh, Producer Kalichi, thanks for um, telling me to hurry up and shut up. Bye. Bye. See you later, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.